Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Bet you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. What's up, GoBundance community? This is Jamie Gruber, guest hosting for Pat Hyben on the Grab Life Big Podcast. And today I'm excited. I'm joined by a, a guy I met a year ago at a retreat. High energy dude. I feel I feel an affinity for that because I'm a high energy guy as well. Uh, former uh, military, so he's a veteran. He's a multifamily investor and he's driving forward in life. I'm, I'm really, really happy to have you here today. Tim Kelly, what's going on, brother? Jamie, what's up, man? Let's do this thing. I'm super... Uh... Um, pumped and have it. I'm honored to be on this podcast. I've uh, learned so much from you and the rest of the tribe. So uh, let's give back and add as much value as we possibly can here, man. Let's go. 100%. Absolutely. Well, let's start with you. So I gave just a couple of nuggets about you, but what's the what's the story of Tim Kelly? Take us back to maybe where you, where you were born, where you grew up, and give us the whole thing from then to now. Yeah, man. Grew up right outside of Chicago. Love everything about Chicago. All my family's still there. I'll always call Chicago home. It's a little suburb right outside the city called Arlington Heights. It's a Northwest suburb. And so that's, that's where my, most of my family still resides. I joined the Navy when I was 21 and, you know, I was just making dumb decisions and I, you know, dropped out of college. I just, it wasn't for me. I wasn't feeling it and uh, joined, joined the military and, you know, went to boot camp, which was literally 15 minutes down the street for me in Chicago, which I didn't even realize. It's like Great Lakes, Illinois is where Navy boot camp is. So I didn't even know, you know, they're like, hey, you're going away to boot camp. I'm like, well, where? It's like, actually I had to go the opposite way to go to O'Hare to pick everybody up and then go back past my house right there, like to boot camp. So that's where boot camp is. And so long story short, I was stationed in Virginia Beach for a while, deployed all around the world out of Virginia Beach. And then we were brought to Pensacola, Florida, where I reside now. This past September hit my 15-year mark in the Navy, and I just separated um, at uh, in this past November after 15 years of service. And um, th the reason for that is because the last five years have been building businesses and really educated myself in real estate investing, just horizontal, all the different asset classes that you could possibly get into and all the different strategies. And I chose one. One really called out to me, and that's large multifamily, commercial multifamily, apartment complexes, mobile home communities, storage facilities. 
and so something like just attracted me to that asset class. Um, and so I was still active duty for the last five years, really educated myself, just dove right in, you know, started buying, you know, multifamily properties with partners and raising capital and getting deals done. And then we started building this amazing military community where we are educating other vets, active duty members, their spouses, you know, you know, service members to any of any kind. We're educating them on how to basically build wealth and set themselves up for after their military career, starting with just education on their VA loan that they have. One of the best, you know, one of the best VA benefits is is really that VA loan. So yeah, I mean, we, we created this huge ecosystem. We're still buying assets. I was able to separate because the financial freedom number hit, you know, a couple of years ago. And, and I just did not want to spend another five years doing things I didn't want to do. If And if I re-enlisted to do the 20, I would have right now be on a deployment and I'd be away from my family and time is too precious. So I have other things to do. And instead of be on deployments and, and stuff like that, I could hang out in Lake Tahoe with the rest of the GoBros and I could travel with my wife around the world like we love doing before we start having kids. And the kids are another reason why I got out um, because time is, is then too precious. And I don't want to be away from my wife when she's pregnant, uh, nor my kids when, when they're born. So that's a little bit of where I'm at right now, but I'm loving it, man. Love traveling. Also in a band, have a gig this weekend. I've been drumming all my life. So we're gigging around the area. Another reason why I got out, I just would rather go play drums and tour and, and see live music and stuff. And so that's a little bit about me, man. That's a lot about you. That's amazing. <laughs> the drumming thing, we shared that. I was a drummer at one point. I've had nope, played in dude. years, but my kids have a natural talent, so I want to develop that. But let's talk a little bit about, about the 15-year thing for a moment. So for those of us that haven't been you know, in the military, haven't been active duty, and again, you know, I, I know it's said often, but I mean this. Thank you so much for your service and everybody else that you, I know, uh, interact with on a daily basis uh, in the military. It's an incredible thing you all do. But 15 years, give me an idea. You always hear about, you know, pension or whatever. Like, what did you cut off by leaving at 15 years? Like, what's the number you are, quote unquote, supposed to stay to if you're in the military? And, and what, did, what, what did you give up, essentially? The 20 year mark, I would have gotten a basically a small pension for life. But that pension to me is actually, all, when it's all said and done, it's actually less comp like monetary compensation than like, a fourplex that I own that's producing the same amount of cash flow, but it's appreciating every month. And I'm using other people's, I use other people's money to fund it. And there's tax benefits. Like, and so, and it's like an ATM. I could just refinance, pull cash out tax-free and go redeploy it. So for, for me, I gave up, if I, I would have had to sacrifice another couple deployments, time away from my family, doing something I wasn't super passionate about just for the next five years. And like five years for some people, if they say, well, you already did 15, you're, you know, so silly for not doing the next five. Yeah, you're right. If you had no other options. If you had a family and that's all you knew and you had one stream of income, that would be a dumb decision to just get out, right? But I was not comfortable. I was not happy. I knew there was more than the military. So for the last five years, I've been building businesses and buying a lot of real estate. And I've provided income and, and compensation to my family to where it gives us options, to where we can go. I, could, I had the option to leave and I didn't want to spend the next five years essentially sacrificing my body, my health, my family, my time, um, all these things. 
So the 20 year mark would, I would have gotten a pension, but that's really my justification for getting out. Makes sense. You, you had to go through quite a bit. I'm sure, you know, judgment advice, everything kind of, you know, pulling you in the diff- in a different direction as far as, Hey man, five more years. Are you crazy? Did you think of this? Did you think of that? How did you overcome that? What was that moment like when you did decide to step away? What was the deciding factor for you? Was it just, Hey, I- I've had enough or you know, did you have to overcome some, I don't know, pushback from people in your life? Probably like 90% of the people in my life I had pushback from. The, mostly the people who I did not have pushback from were the GoBros. And well, yeah, the GoBros, because I was still I was still active duty when I first joined. Mm-hmm. And basically people in the active duty passive income community, my brothers and sisters that I'm that I'm building the community with, um, you know, they're they're amazing. They have an abundance mindset, they have the mindset like we do. And and so I that luckily I I had like daily access to them and we were building this whole ecosystem together. And so I had enough gravitational pull in the right direction where I wanted to go versus the other 90% of the people, especially people who I was surrounding myself with in the Navy. And, you know, I was as a senior enlisted leader, you know, I was wearing khakis. I was, you know, running divisions and stuff like that. So people were kind of looking at me even like I was crazier because like I made it like in I made it to this 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 level, this senior enlisted leadership level where it's like even more where they secure you because they they give you better benefits. They pay you more. They give you like it's almost it is more responsibility, but there's more incentive. Right. Uh, Better quality of life, all these different things. And so that's even more of the reason why people looked at me, looked at me like I had two heads when they heard I was getting out at 15 years as a senior enlisted, just like you, man, you climbed up the ranks. You were an amazing, amazing asset to that insurance company. And I'm sure people are looking at you the same way. Like what dude, like, but you already have, you know, and it's not, obviously we're not talking about you right now, but I'm sure you could resonate with that. And so there was a lot of people that I was surrounded by in, in the W2 job in the military that were just, you know, they were anchors. And even if they weren't saying anything, just put their attitude and looking at me like I was crazy, that actually has a pull that has influence that has a negative influence on someone who's trying to do the opposite. Right. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of lessons there, but you got to really choose your tribe carefully and make sure, make sure that you're allowing access into your brain and you're allowing, you're only mind feeding from the right sources. Cause there's a lot of sources that you're mining free, feeding from that you don't even realize it at a subconscious level, it's actually holding you back. So I had to grind through a lot of that for the last four or five years, man. Yeah. Well said. And yeah, you mentioned about me and that's why I'm curious. I just made that decision. I just announced it depending so on- So proud of you, man. I love it. Yeah. No, I know. It's incredible. And, and to your point, when, I, when we were in Tahoe a couple of weeks back, you know, I stood up in front of the room and said, hey, this is what I'm about to do. I'm about to walk away from a 20 plus year career. And man, it was like, you know, head snapped on it. Like, damn, yes, absolutely. It's time. But in regular life, you know, not my wife or people that are very close to me, but just people that I've known or whatever, they kind of like, wow, did you, what about your kid's college fund? What about, what about health insurance? Like those are the questions that come up and you said it, tribe matters, who you surround yourself with matters and uh, having that support system and even just people mentioning opportunities. Hey man, you struggle a little bit with something, come see me. I've got, you know, whatever. Being around the right people is so, so impactful. Tell me about, tell me about ADPI a little bit. What I like about I mean, obviously it's, it's service, but what I love about it is whenever you speak about it, you speak in those terms. You don't speak about it like a business that you run as much as you talk about it as something that you get to do as the people that you get to pour into, so on and so forth. You mentioned it kind of like popped up over time as you were starting to build your multifamily portfolio, your real estate portfolio, but give me a little more there. Like, How did this become a thing for you and your partners? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome story. So, you know, Markeon Sitch, he's uh, 
awesome dude, still active duty Marine Corps. He is the founder, is the CEO, the visionary of this that, that um, kind of had this cool thing, had this cool idea. And then he went to the Naval Academy. He was an officer. He was a pilot, flew helicopters. Now he's stationed in Louisiana, but he went to the Naval Academy with Mike Foster, who is now our podcast host. They kind of partnered together to create the podcast, a military real estate investing course, the military real estate investing academy, MRIA. And then this Facebook group, like just, Hey, let's try to just help other military members learn what we're learning. So then like six months later, I was, I was a featured on the bigger pockets podcast. And I gave out my cell phone number at the end of that podcast. And the other co-founder, Eric Upchurch at the time heard me and he, I gave out my number. So he literally just immediately called me because I shared my story. I'm like, Hey, I'm still active duty. I'm a chief in the Navy. I'm buying apartments and I love educating people. And he's like, hold on a second. Like, so he immediately called me. He's like, we got to talk to this dude. Like since that day, I've taught, I've been part of the organization and I'm a co-owner. Now I'm the VP of education, um, for the whole enterprise. And, and then like in, from the time where I was asked to join like a month or two before that, Adam Labar, the GoBro, he's mm-hmm. the other multifamily coach and another co-owner. He was at a, uh, a Jake and Gino, I think, multifamily conference with like Markion or Eric. So that's how they met. So it was really the three. There was Markion and Mike Foster, the two. And then Eric came on because they connected through different various areas and they're all active duty or vets. And then Adam came on and then I came on. So it was a core five of us guys who, you know, we're just making this course better, making the Facebook group better, making, you know, getting better guests for the podcast. Then we'd be able to, we were able to interview like Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone, you know, uh, freaking Elena Cardone, Jocko, all these awesome people. And, um, and then we had a couple spouses and a couple females like hear about us and they joined our team. Now, both of them are co-owners. One's our COO and one's our community manager. And dude, like it's just kind of just been like that. And all the while I was active duty and buying apartments and mobile home parks and we're building this now, you know? So that's kind of how it all like really started. And it was just been a daily grind because we're just so passionate about what we do. We've all have our own experiences in real estate and we all brought them together to educate as many military members as possible through our, our courses and our masterminds and our books. Now we have an, a, a mortgage company and an insurance brokerage and this whole network of agents. So it's just a massive enterprise and there's so much growth. Like, and we still feel like we're in infancy startup phase just because we have so, so, many, so much vision for where this is going. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Man, it's incredible. I know some of the folks that are part of that, they've joined the GoBundance Emerge program and they are just hard charging. I mean, how can they not be, right? They they have that military uh, uh, DNA that that's kind of flows through them. And what you just said a moment ago, going back to your leaving the military and even for me leaving, you know, I think people that listen to this podcast are GoBundance guys. Some have W-2s are people who maybe have an attraction to GoBundance, one day want to be part of this tribe and have W-2s. And I know what you just said is what resonated with me is you built while going through your day job, you built this, you know, mountain on the side. At a certain point, the mountain became too much to deny. Like either I bury the mountain or I go all up on the mountain or whatever. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but that was my point. I was actually, it, it didn't come clear to me until I was talking to a friend that, man, I've spent years building kind of brand equity, if you will, and built this thing on the side that it just, I, I can't, 
like what about, I, I can't spend my time on both anymore. I have to choose. And I chose to go with, you know, not the W2. And I think that's what you just articulated. And for folks out there that might be thinking in that space, I think that's a key is jumping just to jump and say, I'm going to figure it out. Probably not going to work out great. And I'm still in my infancy. Who knows? Maybe I need a job in a year. Who knows? I just left. But I do think that, you know, if you spend the time today building whatever it is you're trying to build, it will, it will get to a point where the baby's just too big to deny. And you're either going to, you know, kill the baby or you're going to have to go take care of that baby and nurture it into whatever it possibly can be. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in what you just talked about. Dude, a, part, a lot of that is how I'm programmed. I'm, I'm just my right brain characteristic. I'm just a very simple guy, but I have the visionary and, you know, I'm more creative and I'd rather just execute like ready, fire, aim, you know, instead of ready, aim, fire, just go, go after it, execute and just figure it out along the way. And obviously the military help with that. Cause you're just, all these different things are embedded into, into you in the military, just your grit, you know, the, the amount of resilience that you have, leadership, work ethic, team building, you know, humility. And so like being in the Navy for 15 years really instilled a lot of traits that transition very well into business and investing. And so that's another reason why we absolutely love working with military members because the military will make you or break you. And if it makes you, if you stay in for four years and you take advantage of all the benefits and you really leverage what you learned and, and your, what you, has been embedded in your DNA, man, you could, the sky's the limit in business, really in the real world, not even in real estate or business, just in general, like you, there's so many tools, but a lot of people get out and then there's no target. There's, they're so used to the structure and the guidance and the mentorship and the target. They just, they, a lot of, they get lost. And then that's where the homelessness comes from and veteran suicide and PTSD and, and all these things are burying these, unfortunately, these, these veterans, but that's why we love working with the military too, man, because they're literally primed and we're giving them new targets for whenever they decide to transition out. Let's go buy some real estate in the country that you've served and sacrificed, you know, so much for and, and generate, th not only are you owning the country that you live in, but you're also building generational wealth for, for your family. And if it's done right for many, many generations, you know, in the future. So it's, it was an easy, easy decision for me to get out. But a lot of that is because of my military. I'm so thankful all, all the things that I learned in the military and all my leaders and chiefs in the mess and, you know, everybody that has led me um, before and, and taught me things. And that's who, you know, made me who I am today. So. Fantastic, man. I love it. Well, let's dive into your one sheet, the baseball yeah. card of your life. We're going to go pillar by pillar through and, uh, and get to know, know you a little bit more. So let's start with horizontal income. Currently, what is your yearly horizontal income? What does that look like? Man, so obviously we're waiting for 2020 taxes to, to be filed and, and I have a really good idea. Um, but I'm, I'm usually, I'm sure you could, you could, you could kind of um, testify to. There's always a little bit of a surprise when taxes are filed based on what the government sees as how much income you made versus how much net or gross you think you made. So it's kind of like still up in the air for 2020. I still haven't filed, but it's just shy of 200,000 um, for horizontal net income, and that's you know mostly from real estate, um, just most of the multifamily deals, because I just lost the vertical net income of, you know, about $80,000 that I was, you know, making as a, as a senior enlisted leader, that was the vertical income, you know, so I had to build up a good amount of horizontal in order to just walk right out. So how many lines, you mentioned it's multifamily, how many lines would you consider that to be? 
So I would say I consider each property, you know, a stream of income. So it's like a hundred unit property would be one stream of income. Even a four unit property would be another stream, but obviously in that there's, there's streams. So about a dozen streams that comes from about a dozen streams of income. That's basically the deals um, that I've been able to close over the last like four years or so. Now, do you, do you take anything from the businesses at this point? Or is that just purely an equity play? No, I mean, that really is... That's, I'm that's sorry, the, the businesses, of, I mean like ADPI and some of the other stuff, not, not the business of multifamily, but yeah. Added into that, added into that is also the mortgage company that we own, you know, every, every loan that closes, we get base points. So that truly is passive. I'm not really working in the mortgage company, but we're building this community, which that's where everybody comes from. So it's, that is a passive stream of horizontal. And then our insurance brokerage is another stream of horizontal. And then we also have a regular actual reality company, like a, a brokerage with all of our agents. That's another stream of income. And then just ADPI education, um, just the courses, the masterminds, all the value, our books and everything that we're doing, that's another stream of income. Um, but a lot of that is all being reinvested, you know, back into. So really the horizontal net income that is actually my income is only what I'm talking about from properties. There is more horizontal net, but it's going right back in to build and hire more people that are better and smarter than us to do our jobs. You know? Makes sense. Yeah. It makes it passive for you. That makes perfect sense. So at this point, what percent percentage are you? Where is your uh, horizontal to your expenses? I'm guessing it's over a hundred percent. Yeah, well, yeah, it definitely it's over a hundred percent. Um, because our expenses were based on the you know my Navy income, and then my wife also has you know a really good job and a side hustle and stuff. So, so yeah, it's over a hundred percent. Luckily, makes sense. makes sense. Very cool. All right, so what percentage of your net worth is in real estate? It sounds like most, if not all. Yeah, the, the net worth is real estate. I I really don't. It's real estate, and then obviously just liquid cash, crypto, but. Almost, almost a hundred. I would say not clearly ninety percent or, or more of all of my net worth is is in real estate equity. Very cool. Kudos to you, man. On the side, while serving our country, able to build a portfolio like you have, a passive income stream like you have, and a business to boot on the side. Very, very impressive. You're killing it in this garden, no doubt about it. Let's go to health. What's your current weight and body fat percentage? Yeah, I'm just just over one ninety. Uh, is my weight, body fat is 16% last time I checked. And, and that's actually, there's always goals for, for fitness and nutrition. I'm currently training for an off-road triathlon and I am getting my weight down and my body fat down because it's just going to make my life easier when I'm running the triathlon, right? Yeah, I can swim yeah. easier. I can run easier. I can bike easier if I have less weight. So I will be losing at least another 10 pounds before May, uh, which, which uh, is when the race is. Wow. Have you run one before or is this the first time? I have done triathlons and races before. This is the first type. This is the first time I'm doing this type of triathlon, which is called Xterra. It's an just off, fully off-road triathlon where you swim in an open body of water and then you bike up and down mountains, like mountain biking, single track mountain bike, and then you run through trails. So, and this is Oak Mountain, Alabama, which is not far from where at, but it's, it's going to be a beast. A lot of elevation, elevation changes and jumps and stuff like that. So it's, I haven't done one of those. So, and, and I actually was just training today and I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be a big challenge to get in the shape that I need to get in, even for a sprint triathlon, like, which is a short, usually a short distance triathlon, but it's a lot different to when you compare it to like flat, 
right? Flat roads versus going up, literally climbs and drops like the whole time on, on hills and mountains. But I'm super excited about that. And I always got to have something I'm training for. If not for, you know, a race or something that I'm, I'm training for just my family, right? And the people that I'm hanging out with, because the, the, the harder I train, the more resilient I have and the more, you know, I can overcome in my workouts, the more resilient I'll be outside of my workouts and in the rest, all the rest of the facets, my facets of life. Um, and so I could just give more value to more people the better the better shape i'm in i love that it's kind of how you do one thing is how you do everything that's a, that's oh, a great great totally. point so with with your diet what's your normal diet like and what is that what is what has it had to modify to for you to train for something like this triathlon this off that, dude that's a really good question because for the last um almost four years my wife and i have been plant-based so we decided to go vegan um, almost four years ago. All that really is, is no meat and no dairy. You know, we were somewhat healthy before that. You know, we were, we thought we were healthy, just like the lean chicken for meat and turkey and not, you know, too much fried stuff for pop or soda. But then we just watched a couple documentaries, did a little bit of research. We're like, yep, let's do it. We're going, we're going plant-based. So we removed all meats and all dairies for about a couple of years. And then like when we were vacationing and stuff, I decided I want to, you know, start eating seafood again and stuff like that. So I'm not super strict, but like during the day where it matters, like throughout the weeks when my wife meal preps, it's all plant-based throughout the day. And then um, even through the weekend, but then when we travel, like when we were in Tahoe, I definitely had like a steak and I definitely had like really good fish because I love meats. The cheese and the dairy is a little bit different. It's, you know, we can go into that if you want to, uh, but I'm okay with staying away from dairies and cheese. Our bodies are just really not meant to and designed anatomy and physiologically process animal byproducts, dude. So um, I'm okay with staying away from, from cheese, but for training, um, there's a lot of good carbs and stuff and vegetables and fruits and plant-based foods, but I actually had to go increase my carb um, a little bit for energy. So I'm taking dextrose and a little bit of creatine, but I think after this, after this race, I'm in a full blown, just go hundred percent keto. And that is a, has a little bit to do with the doctor who spoke to us and at Tahoe. I mean, I've always been interested in keto and I know a bunch of people that are in ketosis right now and it's uh, helped them a lot. So, and my body's going to respond differently than theirs, but I'm, I'm really trying and willing to take a, a shot and see how keto, uh, my body responds to keto. Cause I think it'll be uh, pretty beneficial. I like it. You're testing, you're experimenting. Interesting about, uh, Gary Tobbs was the guy who spoke on keto Absolutely. and no sugar and all that. I walked with him somewhere and on the way, he just wanted to grab a quick snack. There was bread and a butter pallet on the table. He literally picked one up, <laughs> ate the butter. the butter, ate the butter and kept walking. So, hey, he, high fat, low carb. His word. Yep, yep. yep. I mean, he's on brand. Butter, it, dude, it's all the good stuff that people love. But, like, I know people who are like, man, I wish I could just eat like a sandwich or eat some french fries or whatever. So, it's, oh, dude, most of it is psychological and a lot yeah. of it is your why. Like, really, why are you doing this? Is that solidified enough to have you overcome if you, there's a, there's like a, a pizza party instead of going to eat pizza, you do a, a keto version of pizza, whatever that might be. But, but yeah, man, it's not easy. Uh, you gotta have a, you gotta have a super strong why and, and there's, it takes a lot of grit, uh, but it's, it's very much worth it. And you could literally change your life for the better. And if, if you stick to it. I like that you're testing on, on that stuff. What about your, your workout regimen? What does that look like? I mean, right now, I know you're kind of in prep mode, so it might be a little different, but typically, what's a week in, a, in, in your life from a workout perspective? Yeah, a typical week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, is all weight training, just hitting um, lower body on, on Monday. Um, Wednesdays is usually upper body, and then Fridays is full body, and then I'll do like 
two days of cardio in between. But now I kind of flipped to where I'm doing three full days of cardio um, and then two weight training because, you know, my cardio, obviously, when you're doing the, the endurance races, I just need, you know, more time for cardio. So I kind of switched it a little bit. I'm working with a fitness and nutrition coach for a couple of years and we have meet, we have weekly meetings um, and he's actually in the Netherlands and amazing dude, super young, but he's, he's on top and, and he's helped me lose a bunch of weight in the past. And, and, uh, and so that's kind of what I did. That's kind of my, my layout for, um, for my weight training and then how it's slightly changed because of the triathlon that I'm training for. It's interesting. I, I think every episode I've hosted so far, each guest has said they have a coach in at least one area. It just is, it seems to be the, uh, the commonality amongst high achievers, right? That you have somebody coaching you in some area. And for you, that's in, in your, in your health at this point. So I have multiple amazing. coaches, dude. I'll always have, as long as I want to continue to grow and stay out of my own head, I will always have coaches work out like one-on-one coaches I'll be working with. That's Mark. why I've, I mean, I've seen amazing changes with it since I started using one-on-one coaches. Like I was having a lot of trouble in multifamily at, at one point. And then the minute I started working with one-on-one um, coaching and I invested more into myself, I was able to get a lot more traction. So even since ADPI was born, I've, I was offering one-on-one high-performance coach coaching and real estate coaching. And I still do that one-on-one coaching outside of the ADPI because it was huge benefit for me. And, and I know a lot of people see value in it, but I'm telling you, man, Tiger Woods has a coach. Freaking Michael Jordan had a coach. You know, Tiger Woods actually said, you can't fix your own golf swing. He's right. He's absolutely right. So, yeah, that's the easy reason for it. And it's funny you mentioned about that. Like, I talk to a lot of people about, you know, whether it's a coach, a higher coach, or even just joining a community like GoBundance, specifically GoBundance. And the resistance comes at the investment part. Like, well, I've got this money set aside to invest in a property or invest in an opportunity or whatever. And it's like, I, you know, for me, and I guess you have to do it to know it, but the moment you take that, a percentage of that and invest it in yourself, you just mentioned it, coaches, communities, I mean, you know, all of what you do, it, it, that, that return is exponential and quantifiable, but you have to want to do it first, right? You have to want to invest in you, but it is the difference I found between those that are achieving at the highest levels and those that might be stagnated is investing time and money in yourself and your own development. So I love that. We're you not, said- we're not taught to do that, dude. No, no, like you don't, they don't tell you this. Your parents are not going to say, Hey, go work with, go spend money on a life coach or a one-on-one coach or a high performance coach or a real estate investor coach. No one's going to tell you that in school. Uh, most people just are had the scarcity mindset. So why would I pay somebody else to tell me how to live my life? Well, if you have goals in place, you would understand because if they've achieved the goals that you want to achieve, you're willing to do that. Right. And that does separate a lot of high performers, man. I mean, it really is. Dude, I spend 25 to 50 grand per year on coaching and masterminds. I mean, and it's, there's like the return on investment and the return on time invested is just through the roof. Like it's incalculable basically. Yeah, um, one nugget here or there from a coach or even just being in Tahoe, I took away something huge on marketing that I just hadn't considered before from Cody. And it was like, oh, wow, that just saved me months, if not years of frustration, you know, like, dude, like just yeah. to tap into the resources you have around you, I think is absolutely uh, necessary. Dude, to that point, like we are all wherever you were at, whether we're just getting started or we're, we've been doing this, we're veterans and we just want to get to the next level. We are one conversation away from it. it. You know, we're one conversation with one person away or you're one phone call away or you're one maybe podcast episode or article or something or book away from like that idea that will get you to the next level. And so if you know that, that's why the people that you're hanging out with and 
who you're allowing inside your inside your brain and the, the people you're allowing to influence you. Yes, it's in your control to, to determine what you're going to allow into your brain and what you're going to allow to influence you. Be very intentional about that because those people will make or break your success. Great point, man. Books don't cost anything. They're investments, right? Masterminds don't cost anything. They're investments. I think that's a great, great point. Yeah. Uh, but, about, but so, so, and I have to say, like, so many no, no, people go are it. stuck on like, how much does it cost? Well, it's not how much it costs, it's how much is it going to make you and how much is it going to help you grow? And, and only certain people are ever going to get that. You know, too many people say, well, this is 20 grand. Why would I give someone else 20 grand, you know, for only whatever? But when you think about what it's going to give you in return and, but not all of them are, there's too many gurus out there that are, won't, won't deliver their value. So I can understand why people are skeptical, man. Sure. Sure. It creates that for sure. Let's talk about your family. So you mentioned your wife. Tell me about a little bit more. You're in Florida. Your family's back in Chicago. What's that dynamic like? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I've been away from my family full time since I was 21. You know, I, since I joined the joined the military, you know, immediately moved, like I said, to the Norfolk, uh, Virginia Beach area. I was stationed there for over a decade and then moved here to Pensacola, Florida. And they've always been there. And I'm always trying to, you know, I'll go there least once a year if not twice a year to visit we were just there for christmas and i mean i'm just so thankful for for, for facetime i mean every weekend it's it's in my calendar and it's i'm intentionally making sure that i'm facetiming my brother and his two amazing little girls and my sister and her three amazing little children and i can't wait to hang out with them every, you know whenever i get the opportunity and luckily they're coming here pretty soon to come hang out on the beach in florida and, but I, you have to make time to do that because they are probably the most important people in my life other than my wife, you know? So, and the dynamic is good, but you have to, it's, it takes time and, you know, like, and we can talk all day about all these different things, but I think me and you could probably, we're aligned when we say like, not exactly, but our definition of success is related to the quality of your relationships, but it takes time. You like, you, you can't, the money is going to be nothing if you don't have quality relationships with the people. You can't enjoy wealth on your own. I mean, you could try, but it's not going to last very long. And if you have a lot of financial wealth and financial abundance, but you don't have those relationships, it's, it, you know, it's not going to be worth it. So as you're creating that generational wealth, uh, make sure you're, you're intentionally spending that time to talk and, and just groom those most important relationships because that's the most important thing. More than more important than money, 100%. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that actually answered your question. That's just what I was thinking about. It does. No, you talked about being intentional. I, I agree with you, especially in COVID. We, you know, if, if this isn't the Spanish flu of 1918, thankfully, <laughs> in that you can you can get on a phone and see people, right? Like you can Zoom, whatever. You can see people now, which is uh, you know a silver lining across a, a difficult year for a lot of folks. But you know that's that is a benefit. I live far away from my family as well, and I got to see them uh, on Facetime or on Zoom or friends that I've had for years, actually probably saw them more because it always felt like, well, we got to get together. We're not going to get on a Zoom call, but we got on Zoom calls. Guys that live all over the country that I don't get to see that often. Uh, I saw them more this past year because we leveraged technology. It just became normal. So it's a good time to have Zoom, I guess you could say. What's your uh, life happiness index right now? What is that score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say eight. It might be give or take a little bit more. I have just under eight here. The last time I did the one sheet, which was just uh, a month or two ago. And so, yeah, it's I don't know what you want to go in there, but it's at eight right now. So what's, yeah, give me uh, kind of your high categories and your low categories within that, within that. Eight. That's pretty happy, by the way. It's that you're a happy guy, dude. I mean, we we're the ones that control how we feel, man. Like 
like I know we're going to talk about all these all these different these different areas, but we have control of these areas, and so we're creating our own life happiness index. And most people would never even look at what a life in, happiness index is or what creates that because they're just they're they're just unhappy with what they're doing. So you know they don't think or they don't know that it's actually in their po- own power to change the life for the better. So. Some of the highest ones, I do have a 10 out of 10 for children because we don't have any. So I'm, I'm super happy with the children I get to hang out with um, and my <laughs> family and stuff. And I can't, would not wait to be a dad. I, I really, really can't wait. Probably the main reason why I ended up getting out of the military so I could put 100% of my time into my kids when we start having them here short, pretty shortly. Let's see what else is high. Adventure and travel. I mean, to me right now, because we're single, you know, or my wife and I, we, we don't have any kids, you know, and that's why we're taking advantage of all the GoBundance trips that we possibly can. And we're tra- been traveling the world, you know, for as long as we've been able to. And the experiences, you know, to us are um, insurmountable, man. And like that, that's, that's one of the highest ones. And then risk and excitement. I would say I'm at a nine. I always, I, I have to be doing something that to get excited. That's just how my brain works. That's why training for an off-road triathlon k- gets me excited. And that, checks off the adventure box and the risk box uh, but risk and excitement too is is investing and making taking risks on yourself and, and that comes with education and learning all the different you know, things about your industry whatever industry you're in and so many people are just going to be limited by that paralysis analysis because they don't have every single piece of data to make a decision but sometimes you have to believe in yourself to the point where I, look I'm taking a little bit of a risk I did enough education I have it's a calculated risk but I'm going to prove to myself that I could do this and like that's hard for a lot of people to just take a risk on yourself and so I don't have a problem doing that. Like sometimes I do it like, you know, and I'm not tactful the way I do it, but I've learned a lot of hard lessons doing it, but now it's a lot more calculated. But I think that's one of the things you kind of need to have to be a successful investor. You have to analyze risk and understand how to, you know, risk, how to, um, how to calculate risk and then be able to take risks on yourself. Love for, love for work is another, is another, is the last one I'm going to say that's like high. And yeah. that's because I, like, I'm only doing the things that I love doing right now. That's like the only thing I'm spending my time doing. I'm not in the Navy anymore. I didn't really love that. I love investing in real estate, building wealth for my family, learning about how I can preserve that wealth. So it lasts hundreds and hundreds of years and sharing with every military member that I possibly can, all these things that I'm learning. That's what I love. Yeah. And I get to do that hundred percent of my day. That emanates from you, by the way. That yeah, that's very, very clear that that's what you love. So I love it. What about uh, some of the lows? What are a couple, two, three of the lowest areas, and or maybe even just the top, the lowest? What's your number one low area on your uh, life happiness index? Bull. I have two horizontal income, which is only a five, and I know I have multiple streams, but nowhere near where the vision is. And then yeah. giving, giving back. And I am, you know, 10% always goes, you know. But I, I think the only reason why it's low is because. I don't have one specific charity that I'm contributing a lot to. I do contribute time to, you know, the USO, which is a military organization that my wife works for. She's a, she's a supervisor here in the area and she manages one of the centers, the USOs that you see like in all the airports. It's like a home away from home for the military. So I spend time giving to that. I help her and stuff like that. But I, I'm looking right now for a for the, a charity, um, and Lake Tahoe opened a ton of eyes for me. What's out there? And I think what I'm actually going to go be giving the most to is the Special Operators oh. Transition Foundation, and uh, who actually he came uh, the gentleman who Rob O'Neill, yeah, 
well, Rob O'Neill, he actually, Tommy Stoner, this is his, yeah, his, his Tommy Stoner was the one that runs that foundation and he came with Rob O'Neill. So I sat next to him, got to know him and, and I'll be, he'll be coming on our podcast. We'll be collaborating. Um, and I could see myself giving, giving back in big ways to that. But ADPI also does where one of our goals is to end veteran homelessness this decade. And right now there's about 40,000 homeless veterans and, uh, that's a cause that we like giving to. I love it, man. That's incredible. It is tough. My wife and I uh, tried to narrow it down to what we call the innocents. So charities or organizations that support kids and animals, like the, 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 the people and animals that have really no choice. Like they just, there's no, there's no option for them. Like there's, yeah. but there's so many things there's, there's, you know, cancer research, there's veterans, there's so many different areas that you can, you can contribute. We've narrowed it down to that. And it sounds like you're in the process of narrowing down your list. So you yeah. mentioned you give 10%, which is great. A lot of guys uh, don't give that. So it's great that you're already, you're at that kind of tithing level, I guess you could say. Let's talk a little bit about your, uh, like on the accountability side, tell me about your GoPod. Who's, who's in your GoPod and how often do you guys meet? Yeah, man. Every single week, myself, Jay Bergoa, Tom Donnelly, and Bobby Pellini, us four. Essentially, ever since I joined, the, the, I joined in, you know, back in August when we were in, um, in Breckenridge together. That's what I, you know, was afforded the opportunity to meet you and, 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 um, a lot of the other go bros. And, and that's when I joined. And, um, and so since then, Tom Donnelly was there. He's like, Hey man, we're looking for a new dude. Like, come join our, our, our go pod. So we basically had weekly calls ever since then. Um, awesome dudes. You know, it's, uh, it's so important to have that accountability group. If you really have goals and if, if you're serious about your goals, you will, you know, write your goals down, have a tracking system in place so you could really like track your goals and have an accountability system in place for your goals. If you're not willing to do those things, then you don't deserve to succeed and, and achieve your goals. That's my belief. So you have to have that accountability system in place. And for us, it's three or four guys every single week um, chatting and, and asking each other, what are your challenges? What are your wins? And, and what are you going to do this you know, next week before our, our next call? So what's, um, the, what's the topic right now? Is there like a, a resounding topic that you guys are talking about at the moment or no? So a lot of it is based off our one sheet. Like we, the one sheet is really the foundational, you know, we let, we kind of do a rotation of that. That's like really where it all comes from because on that one sheet, there's so much, it tells you what your goals are. It tells you what all these things that you're working on. It tells you what you need help with. So all we do is just look at each other's one sheet and we kind of use that as a foundation. Okay. Speaking of what's your biggest personal goal, your biggest business goal for the next say year, next 12 months. Yeah. The, in terms of business, like I have to split it up between ADPI and, and buying assets because I want to buy at least five more large uh, properties by the end of this year. Um, so like hundred percent, hundred plus unit apartment communities and mobile home communities. We have one under contract right now and, and another mobile home park that we're looking at. And then on the ADPI side, it's, um, you know, help at least 20 of our military multifamily academy and mastermind members close another large apartment community or mobile home community. And so that, that's what I'm spending literally 80% of my time is to build this multifamily, military multifamily mastermind um, to where we just have, you know, nothing but, uh, you know, opportunities and resources for these military members to go and, and get some and build their wealth. And, uh, that that's the, for the business, it's just buying deals and then helping every, you know, everybody in our mastermind close deals. Uh, and then, and then personal goal for me, I'm going through to become a certified high performance coach. Actually next week, I'll be a certified high performance coach. 
And so that for me was like a big ticket item for this year, because I mean, think about how much more value I'm able, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to bring to the mastermind, to my family, to the people I'm interacting with on a daily basis. So I'm um, super excited about that too. Kudos to you, man. That's incredible. That's awesome. Plus you're, you have a goal. It sounds like of kids. So you got a bunch of stuff that you're doing. There's so many other goals, man. I mean, you got to have goals like spiritual goals, relational goals, like specifically in your marriage, you right. know, specifically for your fitness and nutrition. And then specifically for your contribution, like you have to have all these goals and all you got to do is grow 1% each day in, in one or all of those areas to get closer and closer to those goals. And in order to do that, you have to have, you have to have them written down, have to have a tracking system and an accountability system. And the cool thing is we outline it. We just released this act, this ADPI 13 week journal. It's basically like a 90 day planner that a lot of, a lot of teams and a lot of, you know, influencers release, but that right there is basically like a roadmap to help you set your, what we call a thousand meter target, which is your three month goal. But we help you like establish the goals, help you with your morning routine, the mindset piece, inspiration, and then tracking the goals and accountability. Cause it's that, those are the three pieces you need in order to achieve a goal. Love it. Love it. All right, cool. Let's talk about some adventures here. So what are the top three past adventures that you've been on you, you and your wife, however you want to take that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I had to go straight to being in Breckenridge, you know, the white water rafting was one that I haven't had a chance to do up until Breckenridge last year. So that was just a cool adventure bucket list item. And then I've honestly never gone on like a, a long or highly elevated hike. And so in Breckenridge, we climbed the 14er. Like that was the first hike I ever did. And we climbed to 14,000 feet in Breckenridge. And dude, that was one of the epic thing, most epic things I've ever did, I've ever done. And unfortunately, I wasn't with my wife. She wasn't there with me, but I was able to do it and, and have so much fellowship with so many GoBros. Um, and, and there was so much value there. And, you know, my wife and I went snowboarding when we were in Lake Tahoe just, you know, last week and she's never been snowboarding. And basically I haven't either. I did like 20 years ago in middle school, but like, it was a huge thing for her. Like she had to overcome that. And I know she did it only because I did, but that's another adventure that we were looking at doing as well. Very cool. Yeah. It was beautiful weather there too. How about future greatest hits? What are some, some things you got coming up? Two or three of them. Yeah. So are you talking about like, like this year or long-term or what? Well, yeah. Maybe just something that's on your bucket list for, for the future, for what you want to accomplish or what adventures you want to go on at some point. You can drop two, three of those in here. For yeah. Sure. So, I mean, completing this Xterra, you know, triathlon, yeah. um, it's, it's in May. Uh, um, that's a huge goal and a lot of effort that I'm putting into right now. Um, and then obviously having the kids, I, I cannot wait to be a dad. Like I, I know it's going to be life-changing. I know our priorities are going to change. Uh, right now we are enjoying the, our freedom, but we're really grinding to create the best, you know, sort of living environment and, and family situation for our future kids. So the kids, I, you know, I, I have to mention that because I can't wait. And then the other, I mean, the thing about that is I want to be able to provide uh, a situation where when we have our kids and they're going to school, we could do it from a boat, from a yacht, from anywhere in the, anywhere in the world. And I could show my kids the whole entire world. Um, as they're as they're growing up, um, and we could make sure that they get the education that they need. You know, the, a better education than average, the best education that we possibly give them, and that's probably like more of the long term. Like that, that's what I see for myself. That's what I'm working so hard towards. That is one of my main uh, and burning whys. Love it. Being a dad will always be a ten on your life happiness index, but you'll have a slash underneath it day to day that'll go anywhere from one to eight. That's what I would say. <laughs> like when they're first yeah. born, the lack of sleep one. Like, I don't even know this person. They just came to my house. They're brand new to me and they don't let me sleep. One, but as they grow. <laughs> but dude, let me ask you a question. Sure. If, 
you didn't have a nine to five job that you had to report to the next morning, would it be so bad to wake up at two in the morning? To, like, yes. It would still be that bad. Okay. Well, well maybe not, that's my not, visual. That's like, well, if I don't have a, to report to a nine to five job and I have kids, I won't be as angry if I, they keep me up all night. You know, if you're lucky enough to have a kid that wakes up once at 2 a.m., not a big deal. Mine yeah. woke up it's every, every two hour, hours. Hour. Yeah. 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 So when they wake up every hour on the hour for the first three, four months of life, not the best, not the best, no matter what you got going on the next day, because they're yeah. still there. They're still around the next day. <laughs> and I can't speak from experience. So that's why I'm asking you. I'm like, would it still sure. be as bad if you didn't have to go to work the next day and stuff like that? So, yeah. hey, man, I mean, I still can't wait, man. I'm ready for it. You, dude. No, I, I'm saying it's a 10 always. There's those day to days. That's It's always amazing. Like just morning hugs with my boys or whatever. I mean, it's, you know, you can't, that moment alone is worth every non sleepy or, you know, sleepless night or whatever the case may be. But, Sleeps with nights may kill you. Just just a heads yeah. up on that. Let's let's uh, dive into the uh, the GoBundance app. You can download this app. There are uh, member only sections, but there are other areas that anybody can get into. And we're going to pull a card from the GoBundance card deck. Random question, and actually kind of on point with what you talked about. So, what mentor or coach have you sought out most recently, and what have you learned from that person? Yeah. So when you say mentor, like. I consider a lot of people as mentors. I consider even people who written books that I've read and that have really resonated with me. To me, they're a mentor. Maybe if I haven't had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them, they're, they were still at least a role model or a mentor in some fashion. 100%. Um, now, now a mentor too is, you know, maybe we'll be able to like kind of help you through your goals and, and, uh, and maybe, you know, they should have already had that experience. And so, but a coach is more for accountability and they also need to have the, the experience that, and have accomplished what you want to accomplish. But a coach to me is a completely different thing than a mentor. And so the coach that, uh, one of my coaches that I'm working with, um, he, I actually found him through this entrepreneur organization that ha like offers coaching and they do conferences and all this thing. So I've learned a lot from that organization. And he actually came from that organization. It's the JT Fox is like the main organization. He's, he's kind of like the main guy that like built this whole community and he has a lot of awesome coaches. And so he, I actually just had a call with him yesterday and he's one of the coaches that I, that I look for just for the high level. He's been very successful in business and, you know, I'm able to bounce so many ideas off him that I didn't have anybody to talk to about that stuff. I wouldn't be anywhere where, you know, close to where I'm at right now, because if you're thinking in your own head, you can't come up with a solution and you're like, man, I don't know what to do here. There's, there's, you're, there's just one person you're, like I said, you're one person away from getting that solution or being able to figure through that and navigate through that process. And for, for me, that's, that's definitely him. Um, and I definitely value our relationship. Very cool. Well, this has been incredible, Tim. Why don't you tell us where people can maybe reach out, find out more about you, whether, whether it's ADPI or you generally, how do they follow, get a hold of, or whatever the case may be, you. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I obviously spend a lot of time inside the Facebook community. We have a specific private Facebook group for the Military Multifamily Academy Mastermind. So I mean, Facebook, I'm a lot, but I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn um, at the Timothy Kelly. And if you're not, you should be uh, because people are sleeping on LinkedIn. It's an amazing place to network and learn and grow. Um, so at the Timothy Kelly and then on Instagram, I'm pretty active on Instagram at the Timothy Kelly. Um, and then my website is the timothykelly.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email, the timothykelly at gmail. 
But if you, if this is resonating with you, man, I mean, and, 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 you know, you want to like, just ask me a question or you want to hop on a call, just shoot me a text, man. We'll just get on a call and you can reach me at area code eight, four, seven, nine, one, zero, nine, one, six, one. And, uh, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll help you and add value to you in any way possible if you need it. 100%. Well, I appreciate you being on, brother. Always great connecting with you. It was great seeing you recently, and we'll be chatting next week or later this week, I think we're talking, right? So, yeah. uh, looking forward to it and uh, appreciate you being on today. All right, Jamie. Hi, brother. Thank later, you. Dude. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can